Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Red Coast podcast. Tonight, it's a podcast we've all been particularly looking forward to for a number of weeks. It's the best 50 players that have played for Liverpool in the last 50 years, and number of Reds who've been going the game during that period of time. I've, I've submitted the 50s so we can get an overall view of who they felt was the best players that they've seen during that period. Tonight, I'm joined by my cohorts, partners in crime, Tom and Pete, as normal. I'm also joined by Barry Holmes, who's been putting all the results together. He's our stato for tonight. And the host of the evening and our special guest is the one and only James Pearson, the Athletic. So over to you, James, and away we go. Thank you, Les. Yeah, thanks for having me on board tonight, lads. Pleasure to uh, to be hosting this podcast. Well, you you like you guys have clocked up some serious ser- serious dedication and service. Some of you half a century of uh, of watching the Reds. Some of the things you uh, you will have seen um, unbelievable. Let's uh, yeah. The the format is we're going to have three goalkeepers, aren't we? From that from that half century. Um, I know you've all been having a little think about it. So we'll go to Tom. First, if I could get your your three goalkeepers over the last half century, Tom. It's quite easy, I think, James. I, I went for Ray Clements, Alison Becker, and Bruce Grobler. Was there anyone who, who came close, Tom? Any do, any difficult decisions at all? Do you know? Do you know what? I, I had a soft spot for Jersey Dudek as well, you know, and I think mainly for the save in the in the Champions League final and. I think he he was a, a notable close one, but it had to be them three. I think they were the three most consistent. Pepe, of course, Pepe Reina is always going to be there. He was outstanding as well. But I think I think they mainly picked themselves, them three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who would you have at the top of the list? Oh, do you know what this... this I, I, I would have always said Ray Clements. Until the, for the last the last season, and I think uh, Alison Becker is just sneaked there. He he's an unbelievable goalkeeper. He really is. But do you know what, James? It's the width of a piece of paper. It really is. I know Ray won a lot more, and I, and I know Les. I loved him. I thought he he was the most superb keeper I've ever seen. Make goalkeeper look easy, but so does Alison as well. It's we've been so lucky. To have two of the best goalkeepers that have ever played the game. Yeah, 100%. How about you, Pete? Have you got the same three? Any any differences? I've, I've got the same three. Um, I would, I've actually, I would think Ray Clements is the best I've seen. I, th- I think Alison Becker is running them really close at the minute. <clears throat> and if he stays a few more years, he might surpass Ray Clements. But I just remember, you know, growing up watching Ray Clements from the cop and some of the saves he made. And, and some of the games as well. I mean, in that season where we only conceded 16 and, and, and things like that, he'd have nothing to do for 80, 80 minutes or more. And then all of a sudden, he'd, he'd just bring out a wonderful save. And I just thought he commanded his box really well. He, you know, he was one of those goalkeepers. He had this trace of jumping for the ball, but leaving his left foot out. So if any any forwards wanted to try the luck, <laughs> he'd probably get the bike by him. But there's certain saves that... That stand out. I mean, there's the saves in the European semi-finals, the penalty saves and stuff. But I always remember one that stands out was um, BBC used to have a camera stationed in the Anfield Road end, and they were playing Ipswich to this day. And I can't remember if it was Paul Mariner or Trevor Weimark, but the this header was arrowing into the top corner, 
And from nowhere, Clemens just clawed the ball. And I think there was, rather than applause, I think everyone just gasped to think that he actually got. I was on the cop that day, but as I say, when you watch Match of the Day, you could actually see it from, from, from behind there. Um, so I'd give it to Clem, just, just in front of Alison with Bruce Grobelhoff there. I mean, Bruce was was a character that he, he, he could go from hero to villain in, in, in the same, same game. But he was an athletic goalkeeper, a fantastic goalkeeper, Bruce. But some of his um, some of his wanderings were where he got caught out. You know, it made him look a bit daft. I mean, the game against City that we lost three one, which ultimately was was a watershed for us because we went on to win the league after that. But we lost on Boxing Day, and I think two of them went under him. And you know, he was prone to the odd mistake. And just. Touching on Ray again, I think the only mistake, real mistake I can remember him making was for England when Kenny Dalglish bobbled the ball back to him a hand and, and he contrived to let it go through his legs. Well, <laughs> yeah, for, for me, it's Ray Clements, uh, number one, and Alison just after him. Yeah. How about you, Les? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree 100% with Barry. I think that when, when you've got a goalkeeper who only concedes 16 goals, let's not forget it was in a 42-game season. And he only conceded four goals at home in the whole season. I think, you know, you have to put him as your number one choice as a goalkeeper. I agree with, again, with what Pete said. You know, there's, I'd never thought I'd see a goalkeeper come to Liverpool to be as close to Clem as what Alisson is. But as of yet, he's not surpassed him. But he's come as close as, as any sort of goalkeeper I've ever seen play for Liverpool. Um, and, you know, my... My favourite save, a couple of them for, from Clem, was the one in the European Cup final just after Borussia Mönchengladbach had equalised when I think it was Steelick who was right through and he come out and saved at his feet. Another one is probably a save that, that probably a lot of people remember. It was a game against Middlesbrough in the FA Cup in 1977, the sixth round. We won the game 2-0, but it was, it was played on the Saturday after the Saint-Étienne game. And Middlesbrough had the centre forward called Alf Wood. And he, it was another header, but this time he headed it down. And not only did Clem save it, it was right in the corner. He held it. And to this day, you know, I've seen the save since. And I was there at the time. And it was at the time where he used to stand behind the goal, right at the front of the cop. And to that, I thought as soon as he headed it, I thought he was in. And then um, he saved it. And I just thought, wow, you know, I, I've just seen one of the best saves I'll ever see. Yeah, I, I was I was never lucky enough to watch Clem play for Liverpool, but I was fortunate enough to interview him a number of times. And as well as being an iconic goalkeeper, he was he was one hell of a man as well in terms of the number of legends nights I've been to where you know he would stay way, way after he was supposed to, signing anything, posing for pictures, just um yeah, he's he's massively missed. And I know from the last interview I did with him, he he adored Alison Becker. As well, you know, he was he was a a big big fan of Allison, and and I think he saw a lot of his own kind of strengths as a goalkeeper in Allison. So um, moving on to you, Barry, I know you've got the results of the votes. I think we had over twenty kind of Reds who have been who have been going to Anfield for over half a century submitting their their fifties. What what three goalies did they go to? Was it the similar story? Very much so. Yeah, it was twenty two. Um... Uh, list that we got in. So it's a good sample, really. So it gives us a, a fair reflection. And certainly there, there was a lot of uh, agreement on the, on the keepers. And uh, 
it really there was only five nominated uh, amongst the whole 22 lists. Um, Dudek and and Rayner uh, were, you know, quite popular, but they were nowhere near the three that you've already mentioned. And in reverse order uh, was Grobelart, number three, uh, and Alison Becker, and quite a way ahead in the end was Ray Clements. Um, but certainly between Ray and, and Alison, they were way ahead of, of anyone else in the field. Thanks, uh, Barry. You know, yeah, a good, uh, you know, certainly a good start in terms of your, your own nominations there, certainly. Oh, good stuff. Right, well, we'll move on to the fullbacks because uh, out of our 50 for 50 years, I know we had three goalies, we've got six fullback slots to fill. Um, so, Les, I'll come to you first this time. Uh, which which six fullbacks did you go for? Well, I, I did it sort of three right backs and three left backs so I could get a decent balance. And it was really tricky trying to decide, you know, between a couple of them. But I went for Steve Nichol, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Phil Neal as my right backs. And my left backs were Andy Robertson, Alan Kennedy, and probably one that maybe not a lot of other people will have selected, but I thought he was a, a very good full-back. He had his career cut short by injury, and that was Jim Beglin. Hmm. Um, and I just think that had he not suffered that horrendous injury at Goodison Park in the tackle by Gary Stevens. I think he would have gone on to be one of the all-time great left-backs, not just for Liverpool, but in in sort of British football. I just thought he was, he was that good. He had he had everything. And, and people sort of tend to forget. He's one that's overlooked, I think, sometimes in the fact that he played a massive part in our was doing the double in 1986. He played that brilliant pass at Stamford Bridge. You know, for, uh, for Kenny to score the goal that clinched the title. And he also had a bit of a push and shove with Brucey in the FA Cup final that woke us up <laughs> and got us back into the game. So, so, but no, I, I, I just think that, you know, Rob Jones is another one who come really close to getting selected. I just think that, you know, the amount of injuries that he, that he suffered, and if it was just going on his defensive abilities, I think he would have got in. Um, but he never ever scored a goal, um, so I just went with the selection that I, that that I, that I come up with. Yeah, anyone just miss out? Yeah, as I say, Rob Jones just missed out. You know, uh, for the left back, you know, Fabio Aurelio hmm. missed out, um, and and they were and also you know Chris Lawler and Alec Lindsay from sort of early back, um, but yeah, it was a real it was a real tough choice. Um, but again, you know, I just think we've been blessed over the years to see so many, you know, really good fullbacks playing for playing for Liverpool. And you know, we, there, were, there was a time where we went through, we were we were looking for decent fullbacks, but we certainly got a couple of decent ones, you know, in the first team now. And you know, I'm very lucky to have seen a lot of top quality fullbacks during my time watching the Reds. No place for Paul Koncheski. <laughs> he has to get a mention on it. <laughs> How about you, Pete? Which six did you go for? I did similar to Les and the fact that I picked three right backs, three left backs. Uh, so my right backs are picked Trent, uh, Phil Neal, who most decorated player, 
Yeah. But I picked Chris Lawler at right back. Um, it, it's a bit sentimental, really, because don't ask me why I did this. But what, my first Liverpool shirt, my mum took me to Jack Sharp's in Liverpool City Centre and bought me this red shirt. With, you had to sew the liver bird on separately and it nearly filled the front of the shirt. So it was that young. Um, <laughs> and the fella at the counter said, pick a number, mate, and we'll put a number on for you. Now, I don't know why, because, I mean, at the time, you were probably looking at the Roger Hunts and people like that. But I picked number two for Chris Lawler. And the ironic thing was, when I was playing school football, I was left back. I was a left back because I was left footed. But I used to just love Chris Lawler. He, he was so elegant and... You know, he'd come off the pitch sometimes looking as though he didn't have to wash his kiss. But he was such a... He read the game so well. And obviously his goal record as well. Um, 61 goals, you know, from right back. And I'm not even yeah. sure he took any penalties. And he was such a, a fine player. So there me three right backs. Left backs, I've got a surprise one, actually. I'm looking at my list now thinking, why did I do that? But I've got Alan Kennedy. Um, for obvious reasons, you know, with regards to winning European Cups, etc. Andy Robertson, currently a left-back, just the way him and Trent combine, even though they're on opposite sides of the pitch. The one that's probably going to surprise and maybe raise a few giggles, I've gone for Stigging the Bjornaby, to be honest. Okay. And the reason I've said that was not so much his defending, but he, he could literally just cross a ball onto a sixpence, you know. And when he was playing in that the Roy Evans team where we played with three centre-backs, um, I just picked him... Once again, a, a bit sentimental because, as I say, I was left-footed and I, I did play left-back at school. But I just thought his crossing ability was fantastic, Stig. Um, as I say, he wasn't the quickest and he, he certainly wasn't the best defender at left-back, but I just thought I'd throw him in as a, a bit of a wild card, to be honest. There were others yeah. that nearly made it, like, like Les said, you know, Rob Jones, Alec Lindsay, Joey Jones, another another left back we seem to have mad left backs don't we but you know there were others that sort of got close but I thought I'd just throw Stig in just as a as a wild card to be honest yeah yeah how about you Tom well I changed a little bit you know James I, I was looking at this like who and I spoke to Les about it once and I said what I'm looking for is players that who I thought contributed and really made a, a point and done so much good for the t- team when they played the full back so I went, I went for Tommy Smith, got right back. Tommy Smith, I didn't play him as a centre-back because I always thought he was a bit slow at centre-back. But I thought a full-back, who could, my first ever cup final in 1974, who could ever forget the build-up he played and, you know, the, the one-two, the passing down, you know, going down the, down, down the line and laying the ball across to Keegan to score the third goal. Absolutely brilliant. He was as hard as nails. No one ever got past him. So I went for I went for Tommy. I went for against um, Phil Neal. You've got to pick Phil Phil Neal yeah. because he was the most successful. You know, as we were saying the other week, not probably the best right back, but you know, like I, I picked I picked him, and I picked. Do you know who I picked as as a, as one that I was thinking about, and I thought. A person who was robbed of a career, do you know? But when he was there, he was absolutely sensational, as good as anything I've ever seen. And that was Marcus Babbel. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know, and do you know, for Babbel, he, he was such a brilliant, brilliant fullback. Do you know, like, and but for the injury, 
you know, like he would have, he would have gone on. I thought just thought he was one. Trent, Trent, and I went with Robbo and Stevie Nichol. Again, Stevie Nichol picks himself, doesn't he? Because of the, he was just a marvelous footballer, same as same as Andy Robbo. Don't think I've ever seen anyone as good as Andy Robbo. He's probably maybe he stand out as full back. Yeah. So there was my six. Christy nice Lawler. Christy Lawler come very, very close. I was I, I made a list and I took people in and I took people out right up to the more or less the last day. But I decided in the end that that was the six. And I thought, you know, a nice mention for Marcus Bobble, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, I think it's easy to forget Babel. You're right. He was he was operating at a very high level, wasn't he? In that that treble winning season before um before illness struck. So um yeah, that's a that's that's a good six there, Tom. How, how, Barry, how does that how does that compare to the votes we had in? Well, it's interesting really, because with the goalkeepers, it was fairly fairly clear cut and and uh, uh universal really, but uh, with the fullbacks, there was quite a a bit of difference um, for a start, uh, and this happens as well with the midfield and the forwards. There's people who you could put in at fullback, who you could also put in at centre back. Uh, you know, Emlyn Hughes, Steve Nichol, Steve Staunton, just to mention a few. So where there's been any doubt, what I've done is I've put them in the category where the most people uh, allocated them in their lists. Um, to try and make sure that nobody is disadvantaged. Um, altogether, we got 17 nominations for the uh, fullback, so 17 different players. The ones that came very close to the final six were, in fact, uh, Marcus Babel, Rob Jones and Chris Lawler. Um, but there was quite a gap, to be fair, between Chris Lawler and the number six, who was Alan Kennedy. Uh, Number five was Steve Nicholl. Four was Andy Robertson. Number three was Trent. Uh, two, Phil Neal. And number one, Emlyn Hughes. And that's why I say it's interesting that some people, yeah. the most people, put yeah. him as a fullback, although obviously he could play centre-back as well. So uh, Emlyn Hughes ended up as the, uh, the top man in the fullbacks. Great, thank you, Barry. Uh, right, let's swiftly move on to to the centre backs. So we've got nine centre backs to to get through here. Um, Pete, we'll start with you this time. Uh, what what have you gone for? Uh, interesting that Barry just said that you could interchange fullbacks with centre backs. I used a bit of artistic license to get my fifty, so I actually put Steve Nickel and Emlyn Hughes as centre backs, and that was solely. Because there were, I mean, it was an impossible task to, to pick fifty anyway. Yeah. Um, I put Tommy Smith as a centre back as well, although I know, you know, he, he played a right back, uh, you know, occasion like you were mentioning before. Um, Hanson and Lawrence, you sort of go in tandem. Really, you can't pick one without the other. Yeah. Um, currently, Virgil Van Dijk. Um, and then I've picked Sammy Hippier as well. What a what a buy he was! I think he was just over two million, was he, or something from, from Dutch football? Um, and I've picked Phil Thompson and Jamie Carragher as the local lads. Um, Carragher 
I mean, you just have to look at the one performance in Istanbul where he was playing through so much pain. And, you know, he, he, he and Tomo together are like local heroes, really. Um, but, yeah, so I've used a bit of bit of artistic license. I've put Stevie Nichols as centre-back, although you wouldn't play him there uh, too often. Uh, and as I say, and the news, uh, and Tommy Smith as well. But uh, that was just the jig, jig things about, so I could get other players in in other positions, to be honest. <laughs> any, um, any, anyone come close and just miss out? Oh, there's so many. Um, I mean, I loved, I loved Daniel Agger as a centre back because he yeah. was so, you know, he was. People think of centre backs as being in the Tommy Smith mould and being in the Ron Yates mould, where they're just big stoppers. But Daniel Agger was so elegant bringing the ball forward. Um, I mean, Skirtle, I, I used to love Skirtle for his whole heartedness. He was one of those type of players that would put his body on the line. But as I say, you know, I'd already sort of borrowed a couple of fullbacks to make up the numbers. So there's going to be some miss outs, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's just also what I also try to do for the 50 is not concentrate too heavily on the current or the most recent. You want some of the older players. Was, you know, certainly to be included in that. And that's why I picked the likes of Tommy Smith and Emlyn News there, yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Uh, Les, we'll come to you next. Um, just before we do, you give us some names, Les. It, how, how difficult is it, do you think, trying to compare people from different eras? Yeah, it is really difficult because obviously the game has changed. The game is played in a different way than it was probably even in, you know, five years ago. So never mind when you're going back you know, 50 years, you know, but everything evolves. And I think a good player is a good player. And I think with the, with the right training and, uh, you know, and living the life, you know, properly, let us say, not like they did back in the day, which was, you know, wasn't say it's the most professional way they used to, used to live. I'm sure, you know, a lot of the players who played in the seventies would have just been able to adapt to the modern game because, yes. You know, they were, they were that good a player. You know what I mean? Um, but as I say, I had the vast majority of the ones that, that Pete had. Um, I had Phil Thompson, Emily Hughes, Mark Lawrenson, Alan Hansen, Jamie Carragher, Sammy Ipier, Virgil van Dijk, Tommy Smith. And the one I had different was Joel Matip. I think Joel Matip has been a bit of an unsung hero at Liverpool. I think, you know, he, he's, I think he was... Uh, tarred with the same brush as Dejan Lovren when he come. And I think when he first come, he, he wasn't able to concentrate on his own game because he was worrying what Dejan was going to do because Dejan had a mistake in him, as we all know. Yeah. But then once once Virgil come in and, and you know, Matip knew what a great player Virgil was, then he was able to concentrate on his own game. And I just think for, for three seasons... I just thought he was absolutely magnificent. Yeah, he's had that. He's had his injury problems over the time, but when he come in, he'd never ever let the let the team down. And uh, I thought he was the, the year we won the the Champions League. It, he was magnificent in that final. You know the pass that he put up for Divock. You know for the for the winning goal will live long in the memory. So yeah, I think that he struggled a bit last season, uh, but I'm just hoping that it was. You know, the after effects of what happened in Paris and he'll come back, you know, to be as good as he ever was during the coming season. Great stuff. How about you, Tom? 
more or less most of the same. Um, Hansen and Lawrence picked themselves. They they're just unbelievable. Probably Mark Lawrence gets a special mention because everyone talks about about Alan Hansen as you know in in that partnership. But Lawrence was a quality quality player, neatest, cleanest tackler I've ever seen. Probably brilliant player. But I put Emlyn at centre back. I have put Emlyn Hughes because he, uh, that's where I more associated with him the most. You know, again with with Peter, I went with Sammy Ipia and Jamie Carragher. You couldn't leave out Ipia. I think Ipia was all through the times when we were struggling. He was a quality, he, just another one, a proper ball playing centre back, wasn't he? So he picked himself. Virgil. I picked Virgil, I picked Phil Tomo, I picked Daniel Agger in one. And the one I left at a place, and I picked this, I picked this one because again, the same sort of thing about, about the way he played the game. Abuse, he was a beautiful footballer to watch, and that was Gary Gillespie. Mm. And a lot of people forget Gary, you know, like him. And he was he was he was a he was a marvelous, marvelous player. As well, so they was they was my centre backs. I think more or less the centre backs picked them more or less picked themselves. There's only like one or two places, you know, like you you could sort of quibble over either way. There's a personal choice. So, but how could you how, how could you not pick them? I think it's going to be hard. To, it'll be really interesting when Barry puts the list together. Who comes in at one and two? Yeah, yeah. You know, it really will. I know it'll probably be one and two will probably end up answering and Lawrence and what you would imagine in which order. Is that what you would go for, Tom, if you were picking like two as a combination? Do you know what would you would have put Virgil Van Dyke? I would Maybe have put Virgil Vir- and Hansen. Yeah, they would have been probably. But you know what? Then you think about leaving Lawrence out. You you talk about when Les was talking about about the goal, we talked about the goalkeepers conceding 16 goals. The, he, the ad, he had, as as well, it was brilliant that he was, he had Anson and Lonerson in front of him, who were probably probably the best centre-backs out anywhere, in any partnership in any in any country, you know, so it's it's a really hard one, but I, I think Virgil, I think Virgil the first season and the first couple of seasons he was here until Pickford done him, I think, I think was was probably on par and probably would have just edged out um, Mark Lawrence. But that would have been a hard one to take, Mark and Lawrence, because because I, I loved him. I thought he was a he's another great footballer. James, you could get up and down the pitch. Yeah, brilliant footballer, scored goals as well. Brilliant. Tom, Tom can I just say that you're doing Phil Thompson an injustice there because oh, it was yeah. Phil Thompson who partnered. Alan Hansen, when we only conceded 16 goals, sorry, we, did, we didn't sign Lotto until 81. Oh my god, I'll take that <laughs> back then. <laughs> I did do Tomo, he'll <laughs> be on your case. Oh god, um, sorry about that. We've got him coming on as well. Don't tell him that, please. <laughs> right then, uh, Barry, maybe you could give us the, the results of the votes on the centre backs. Yeah, sure. I think I think again, this discussion with the fullbacks and centre backs has shown us really what a, a great uh, depth and range of talent we've been able to watch over the last fifty years. 
it is so difficult, isn't it, to sort of pick amongst the cream of these these players. Um, but it's similar to to, to what uh, the lads have said. The ones that came close uh, were Mark Wright, uh, Joel Matip, and Stefan Henshaw. Uh, they were the three that came nearest to the top nine. Um, but coming in at number nine, starting to sound like Alan Freeman now. I'm picking up. <laughs> New in at number nine is uh, Gary Gillespie. So he, he, he did get into the nine. Then eight was Daniel Agger. Uh, and moving upwards, Jamie Carragher, Tommy Smith, Bill Thompson, Sammy Hippier. And then you were debating the last three there, Tom. And yeah. uh, it was uh, Mark Lawrenson, Virgil van Dijk, and Alan Hansen at the top. Yeah. That's what I probably would have gone with, Barry. Yeah. The, for, interestingly, with, with the markings and that, there wasn't a great deal between Sammy Hippier and Mark Lawrenson. Wow. Mark just dodged him, but, uh, you know, in terms of the markings, they, they came pretty close. Uh, and then Virgil was a fair way ahead of Mark, and Alan Hansen was, again, a fair way ahead of uh, Virgil van Dijk. So that's the... Uh, that's the centre-backs. Thank you, Barry. Um, right then, on to, on to the midfielders, which will be interesting. We've got a, a big field here, 16 to pick from in our, in our 50 best of the last 50 years. Um, who should we come to first this time? We'll come to you, Les, this time. Um, if you want to start talking us through your midfield list. Okay, well, I've, I've, I've done it with you know, the great midfields that we've had. So, Case McDermott, Sooners, Ray Kennedy, Houghton Whelan, McMahon Barnes, Gerard Alonso, Mascarano, then Coutinho, Ian Callaghan, Steve McManaman, Jordan Henderson, and Ginny Wijnaldum. I mean, and again, you know, there is, there are so many more that you could have picked. Um, you know, Peter Cormack going back to the the early 70s, you know, Brian Ball, you know, and then, you know, and, and their players are a little bit forgotten, but they made, they made a massive contribution to, you know, to Liverpool winning trophies in that era. And then you've got, you know, from the modern, the modern team, I mean, you know, squad that have won stuff over Jürgen, you know, the likes of James Milner, who I would have loved, you know, to, to have got in there somewhere, but, I just couldn't fit him in. And I just thought that, you know, Millie was a player who, who never let us down. And the fact that I couldn't get him in my, my 50, you know, I'd have to have left somebody like uh, maybe an Ian Callaghan out, you know, to get Millie in or or maybe even a Jordan Henderson or a Ginny. But I think what the last few years have shown to me is how important Ginny was. And Ginny was like the, the modern day Ronnie Whelan, if you like. A lot of people didn't understand that the job he did for the team. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. But now that he's now that he's left us, they've actually they're actually aware now of the job he, he did. And now they sort of say, "Oh, you know, we need a new Ginny Wijnaldum. And that's how you know Ginny. Ginny never ever let you down. Wherever he played, he would he would always be for me. He would always be a minimum seven and a half out of ten. And sometimes, most of the time, he was at eight eight and a half, and he would do the job that Jürgen wanted him to do. And, you know, 
But when I look at the when I look at the rest of them, you know, wow, you know, whichever midfield you were facing there or you were putting out, if you were if you were driving to the match, you know, uh, getting the team news at two, two o'clock on a Saturday, you know, for you know, from JP, you tweeting the, the Liverpool team and you're seeing the team sheet was Case McDermott, Sunas or Kennedy, or how <laughs> Wheel and McMahon and Barnes, or Gerard Alonso, Mascarano. You know what I mean? You, you just say, wow, you know, can't wait to see them. And again, you know, it reiterates again how lucky we've been over the past, you know, 50 years we've seen them. But, you know, there's, there's, so, many, there's so many players there that you could mention. You know, Terry McDermott with, you know, football of the year scored some unbelievable goals when you needed them. Ray Kennedy, you know, and then, you know, Ronnie Whelan, the amount of goals he scored in important games. You know, and he, he went from the left side midfield to, to play centre midfield and get a magnificent partnership with, with Steve McMahon. And then, you know, a couple of people who might be forgotten, you know, Steve McManaman. What a player Steve McManaman was. Yeah, you know, he yeah. the ball, you know, I think Macca's biggest, Macca would have been right up there with the world's best players that you've ever seen if he could have scored more goals than he did. But he would do all the donkey work and then miss the sitter in front of the goal. But he had everything he could do. He could just take the ball from one end of the field to the other, beat men, you know, for fun. You know, and he laid on so many goals for, for Robbie Fowler. And, you know, it was, a, it was an absolute pleasure to watch him and, you know, was so so disappointed, you know, when he left, you know, to go and join Real Madrid. But what a career he had for Real Madrid. He was scoring in the Champions League final. He won everything. And there's not many players, you know, over the years who've left Liverpool and gone on to be an out and out success. But Steve McManaman is one of them. And another one I put in who, you know, because I know he left in a bit of, you know, acrimony, if you like, and there's a bit of bad feeling that he did leave with Phil Coutinho. You know, for Liverpool, he was absolutely magnificent. You know, and he got his head turned by Barcelona. And I think the things that upset people was that he feigned, feigned that back injury to not play. Yeah. Uh, and then he wouldn't sort of stay for the, you know, for the second half of the season that we got to Kiev. And, um, you know, you don't know, do you? If he had stayed and agreed to stay for that second half of the season, he could have just been that little bit of difference that might have made us with you know with winning that that game in, in Kiev rather than, than losing two one. But you can never forget the player he was while he was here. And then how could you leave Ian Callaghan out? You know, Liverpool's record appearance maker, what a player. You know, only got booked once when he shouldn't have been booked by Pat Partridge, won everything in the game. Brilliant. You know what I mean? And as I say, I'm so lucky to have been able to see those players play. Definitely. And as you said, it's such an embarrassment of riches to be trying to pick 16 names from. Tommy, what did you go for? Similar, mostly, mostly similar. But um, I picked Sunas, Jared, Alonso, Mascarano, Terry Mack, Ray Kennedy, Johnny Barnes, Ronnie Whelan, Steve McMahon, who I thought played alongside with, with, with Whelan. I was absolutely incredible. Jordan Henderson. And do you know what? Someone I'm surprised that you left him out, Les. Jan Mulby. Yeah, he's you know, like, Do you know, like, Jan Mulby. And then, do you know what? I, I threw in, I threw in Peter Beardsley for, of that Kenny's team. 
of like that's it at that period as a midfielder. I thought he was brilliant with Barnes alongside. So I went for Ian Callaghan, Peter Cormac. I, I, I had to pick Peter Cormac. Do you know? I just he he was such an elegant footballer. He was he was he was a brilliant footballer. Shankly got the best out of him. He was an amazing footballer. And you know, Ian Callaghan, and do you know I threw another one in, Les, who, who, when, when, when I was saying to you, someone who, who you think has come into the midfield and done something and then deserved to get a mention, and that was Gary McAllister from 2001. You know, yeah. what, a, what a role he played. If not for Gary McAllister... Then 2001 would never have happened, you know. So I think, and and you know, an unsung hero. I threw in the last one, and I could have left. I could do so many. I missed out on Alden, which I, I beat myself up over. But you know, who, who I put in, I, I threw in Kite because he gave everything, didn't he? He was a player. I don't think he'd ever be well a player that you'd look at, but he he never left anything else on a football pitch. So I added, I added kite. Very difficult though, because yeah. as Les has gone over all all the people that we've missed out, I missed out Jimmy Case as well. I loved Jimmy. I played against Jimmy Case, so you know when he was when he was younger. So, but it just. Hope you it, Tom. Well, do you know what? He scored six <laughs> goals. I'll, I'll tell you, he scored six goals in that game. By the way, yeah. But you just you. you it's just, it's so difficult to pick 16. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it really is, is. Yeah, because also it's it's how you compare, isn't it? Because you mentioned Gary McAllister there, who has obviously got iconic status because of that 2001 <laughs> season. But it's difficult to compare that to someone who gave 10 years of their career to Liverpool. And obviously, yeah. you know, there's longevity, there's glory, and then there's, you know, just like a, you know, a Gary McAllister-type Liverpool career where he was... You know, it was the beauty of that was no one expected it, did it? It was when Liverpool signed him, people were scratching their heads saying, why on earth would you sign him at that stage of his career? Yet he proved to be exactly what Liverpool needed at that moment in time. Also, but James, he's, you know what? He developed Stephen Gerrard into the player that he, was, yeah. he is today. And Stephen Gerrard says that himself, doesn't he? So yeah. he played such a pivotal role and, uh, and taught him so much. So, you know, like, as you say... Been in there and done it. Jimmy Case has brought the dogs for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Phil Thompson wants a word as well. Oh, I'll leave now. How about you, Pete? How about you with your midfielders? Yeah, I think this was the most difficult category, to be honest. It, it gave me sleepless nights, this one. I'll read me 15 out. I mean, Callaghan was the first name down, to be honest. And then you got Terry McDermott, Ray Kennedy, Graham Souness, who is my all-time favourite player, to be honest. Um, Ronnie Whelan, Steve McMahon. Steve McMahon, I'm going to put John Barnes in there, if only for the fact that I probably wanted to be greedy with the forwards. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, Xabi Alonso, and then James Milner and Henderson from the more recent crop. Um, Peter Cormac, I agree with Tom. Peter Cormac was so elegant. He, he was he was almost balletic in his movements. He, he he was he was like a ballet dancer move, moving into the box, and he he was such a such a brilliant player. Peter Cormac, 
Uh, and then I have picked Jimmy Case, so I'm safe. Uh, <laughs> and then the last couple on my list, I did pick Jan Mulby because he was such a, a great passer of the ball with both feet. And I don't think I ever saw him miss a penalty. He probably did. Les will correct me. He probably has missed one, but... And then the final, the final name on my list is Craig Johnston because he was just, he was so effervescent, Craig Johnson, put so much energy in that, into that midfield and, and he'd weigh in with the odd goal. Didn't score heaps of goals, but he, he, was, he was just a live wire from start to finish. Uh, I remember seeing Xabi Alonso, I think it was his home debut against Norwich and one of my mates actually had to go to a wedding down south and he texted me at half time and he said, how's the game going? And I, I just replied and said, it's an Alonso masterclass. He absolutely dictated the play from start to finish, Xavi Alonso. Um, like Les said about Steve McManaman, another one who literally you could just give the ball to him and, and the rest of the team could have a breather if they needed to, you know. He was he was a great player. As I say, Sunas is my all-time favourite. I'm not saying he's the best player I've seen for Liverpool, but he's, he's my favourite player ever. Um, and Terry McDermott was another one similar where he, he could literally run from the first minute to the last minute all the time. He wasn't the paciest, maybe, but he'd give you 90 minutes and he never seemed to run out of any energy at all. Um, and, you know, I mentioned for, for the current captain Henderson, what he's done in the last few years. I mean, he, he was, <clears throat> and I hold my hands up, I was one of the ones when he was he was maybe mooted going to Fulham. I, I said to me, mate, so I don't think I'd miss him, to be honest. And thankfully, he's proven me wrong. What do I know about football, you know? Uh, and, and the pots he's collected in the last few years and the way he's carried himself on and off the field for Liverpool, he had to be in there. But um, yeah, I think... All in all, it was the most difficult category to try and get 60. And you probably could have got 50 midfielders, to be honest, <laughs> just in that, you know, those positions. And like the lads have said, when, when I think of some of the names I've missed out, like Phil Coutinho, like Luis Garcia, um, you know, like Wijnaldum, if you put them in, which three do I take out now? You know, after these, it's so difficult. But, you know, once again, I tried to put some of the old guard on if you want and. And Ray Kennedy, he's the best centre-forward I've ever seen playing in midfield. That's what we can say about Ray Kennedy. He's brilliant. And Barry, how, how, did, we, how did we go with the votes for the midfielders? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the lads have reflected uh, a lot of them. I think first thing to say is, is uh, a couple of you mentioned John Barnes, but he actually uh, he appears in the forwards. So uh, uh, that's why he's, he's not going to be mentioned in, in the midfield at this stage. Um, in fact, we got uh, 30 different players nominated for midfield, um, and a lot of them have, have been mentioned, and they, they actually scored quite highly in the, in the overall 50. Um, ones that came close uh, to being in the top 16 but didn't quite make it uh, were um, uh, Ray Houghton, James Milner, Luis Garcia, and uh, Phil Coutinho, and also Sammy Lee as well. That they all came fairly close, um, but it was a, a strong category. And starting from 16 and heading upwards, we start off with Jeannie Wijnaldum, who, who just got in there at the uh, at the bottom of that. Uh, Steve McMahon, Dee uh, Dee Herman, Gary McAllister, uh, Mascherano, Jimmy Case. Steve McManaman, 
then Jordan Henderson, uh, Jan Molby comes in at, uh, at number eight. Uh, there was a draw between uh, Callaghan and Whelan for the sort of six. So it was a joint six uh, spot for those two. And then the final five were Xabi Alonso, uh, Terry McDermott, uh, Ray Kennedy, Graeme Souness, and finally, no surprise, Stephen Gerrard. Mm. So that was the, the list uh, for the midfielders, but very competitive, that one, and, and high, high scoring, that one. Yeah. Yeah, when you, when you look at those names, you realise what an embarrassment of riches has been over Absolutely. the years. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Barry. Um, right, and then moving on to the forwards, which I think is probably going to be equally competitive, trying to, uh, trying to force your way into the 16 names here. Um, Tommy, do you want to kick things off for this department? Yeah, go on, James. Um, a couple of players you've been mentioned already, I met, I met putting me forward line, which was, I put Coutinho and I put Mac Maneman up as forwards. Um, I picked um, Mane, Salah, Firmino, Dalglish, Rush, Kevin Keegan. How you you got to be, Keegan's got to be right up there, one of the greatest. Fernando Torres, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, Suarez, Sturridge, I picked Sturridge. Now, not, not a lot of people have picked Sturridge, but over the, as a finisher, he was up there with, 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 with any of them. Mm. You know, I know he was a bit he, he injury prone and he went out. I, I was tied with, between Sturridge and Aldo, and I ended up going for Sturridge. Coutinho, I picked Coutinho, picked Highway, Toshak, and I picked Emil Heskey. And Steve McManaman. Again, it's so difficult, isn't it? You, you miss. I was another one I was going to put for, for the forwards, which has been mentioned as a midfield player, was Lewis Garcia. So you're trying to fit players in in the best yeah. way that you possibly could. But um, I think mainly I put Stevie Iway as, as a forward. I know a couple of the lads were talking about putting him as a midfield player. Um, Michael Owen, you have to pick Michael Owen because him, Suarez and Torres pick themselves, don't they, you know, yeah. as goal scorers. But um, Rushy, Dalglish and the front three will go down as probably the best, I think probably one of the best front threes I've ever seen in world football. You know, long years to come, people will be talking about Mane, Salah and Firmino. You know, right up there with Neymar, Neymar, Messi, and and Suarez. You know, it's just incredible front three. They would, it just it was so different. Again, what well, I'm looking forward to when Barry picks. I know, I know, like Dalglish and Rush will probably be up there as well. But it's how them three compare as well up there. It's going to be very interesting. But I thought this was the hardest one to pick the forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very competitive. Uh, how about you, Les? Yeah, I had uh, a lot of the same ones that that uh, Tom's just had. Um, I'll just read my list. I think it's easier than trying to sort of read which ones. Keegan, Highway, Dalgleish, Rush, Fowler, Owen, Heskey, Torres, Suarez, Sturridge, Salah, Mane, Firmino, Beardsley, Aldridge. And my last one is probably, just again, a bit like Pete before, is one I pick sort of, it's a bit of a personal choice, 
a pickle of favourites of mine. I mean, I'd be surprised that he haven't mentioned Divock Origi. So, but David Fairclough is my last. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought that in 1975-76, Liverpool ended up winning the league and the UEFA Cup, uh, which were Bob Paisley's first trophies. And without David Fairclough, we wouldn't have won any. I can remember being at Anfield on a Grand National Morning on a Saturday in the paddock, stood on my stool so I could see over the wall. And David Fairclough comes on as substitute. And with five minutes to go, he must have beat half the Everton team, um, run from the, the sort of um, the, the, the Kemlin Road side and slotted it in the in the corner. And it was the first derby, I think, where there'd been a goal for about three years because it'd all been ending nil-nil. And ultimately, when you look back, that was the goal that won us the league. And he also scored a lot of other important goals that season. And he also cost us the FA Cup in 1977, not through any fault of his own, but because Bob Paisley made his biggest mistake as Liverpool manager and not putting him as sub in the FA Cup final against Manchester United. Because at that time, he had that reputation of being a super sub. And you'd only have to see him warming up. You know, and he put the, the fear of God into all the opponents. And, you know, it was a boiling off day at Wembley. You know, United would have been tired in the last 20 minutes and it would have been just an ideal game to put him on. And whoever, whoever was at Anfield on that day in March 1977 will ever forget that goal he scored against Saint-Étienne. You know, one of the greatest nights at Anfield. At that time, I walked out of that ground thinking that night will never be surpassed. And luckily for me, it has been a couple of times. But yeah, David Fairclough for me fully deserved his place in the 50. But, you know, Divock Origi come close. John Toshak come close. Um, and again, as Tom said, I totally concur. There was a really, really difficult um, category, you know, and it was who do you leave out, you know, rather than, I mean, even someone like Diogo Jota from the, from the current, current team, you know what I mean? He's, he scored a, a number of goals since he's been at the club, but I couldn't find a, a space for Diogo. But yeah, so they were my they were my forwards. And again, I just reiterate what I what I've said before. An absolute pleasure and a privilege to have watched these players live for for during my 50 years and plus of watching the Reds. Definitely. How about you, Pete? I'll run through quickly. Like the lads have said before, you see. You tend to pick like two or three players who play together because they, they were such a unit, you know. Yeah. So running through um, the 16, I've started with Kevin Keegan, Steve Highway, uh, Russian Dalglish, Luis Suarez, Fernando Torres, uh, Salamane and Firmino. They go hand in hand, as do Fowler, Owen and Heskey. And then I've picked John Toshek. Um, I've picked Daniel Sturridge. And um, Peter Beardsley, and finally, I did pick John Aldridge, but it, it, it was so difficult. Like some of the names, like Les has just said about Fairclough being left out. Um, I just remember when Keegan and Toshak were, were, were at the pump, that was when I first started going regularly to all the games when I was a kid. And you saw them two up front, and you just thought, well, how many are we going to get today with these two? <laughs> um, you know, looking down the list, you've got Dalglish and Rush, and they were almost telepathic at times. Some of the passes that Kenny had put through for Rush, he's a slot away. Um, 
And then, like Tom mentioned, Salamani for me, you know, probably the best front three in world football. Uh, I'd put them even higher than the others that he mentioned, the Barcelona lads, to be honest. I just think they were fantastic. And it was a shame when, you know, sort of Mane went and now Bobby's gone as well. So hopefully we'll start that, that trend again and get another another good front line going. Um, I put Toshak, uh, Toshak in, as I say, because Keegan as well. But I just thought Toshak, I think he, he very nearly joined Leicester City and he failed a medical going to Leicester and he came back to Liverpool. And he, he actually came back and was a better player after he he, he, he didn't go down to Filbert Street. Um, I, I just thought he was, he looked like Bambi on ice sometimes. He was, he was obviously a big tall lad, but that hat-trick he scored at West Ham on the frosty, the frosty pitch, I think it was a, may have been a League Cup tie, or a, I'm not too sure, but he scored a hat-trick down there. And, and Keegan was doing all the legwork, running the defenders, and he was just getting on the end of stuff. And then in, in Daniel Sturridge, I always said to me mates that if Daniel Sturridge had stayed fitter for longer, He'd have been such an immense player. And I, I do think at the time he was he was England's best centre forward when he was fully fit, Daniel Sturridge. Such a good finisher, such a good goal scorer. And him and him and Suarez together were lethal, you know. Uh, and then the, as I say, Beardsley, Peter Beardsley came down from Newcastle and he was just, you know, he was he was everywhere. He was another what I call a live wire player. Uh, and then John Aldridge, sentimental maybe because he was a Liverpool lad and he, he came home. Uh, he only made just over 100 appearances, but he scored some really important goals for us. And then even after he'd left um, to go to Spain, he came back to Merseyside and I used to watch him going to Trammy Overs to watch him sometimes. So it was another difficult category, but, um, you know, it's been fun doing this. It really has. Maybe we'll have to do 50 runners up next time because there's so many that we've left out that, that you know, could well be in it, you know. We do the 50 worst. <laughs> We haven't had that. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have Barini and Balotelli in this section. Yeah. <laughs> and <Kuchewski>. <laughs> <laughs> Um That one's for another week. Well, right, Barry, how are we doing on the uh, results of the votes for the the forwards? Well, it's like Eric Morecambe said, you know, all, all the right players, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> so um, uh, there was, we got uh, 29 nominations for the forward so it was it was pretty uh, competitive like the midfielders the ones that came closest to the top 16 uh, were Heskey, uh, Dirk Kout and David Fairclough um, and then the 16 uh, the number 16 was Daniel Sturridge so he, he just uh, crept in there and then going up from him was John Toshak John Aldridge, Steve Highway, Peter Beardsley, Michael Owen, and then we've got uh, Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Fernando Torres, Luis Suarez, Robbie Fowler, um, Mo Salah, Gavin Keegan is number four, John Barnes, who we know could could be in midfield or or uh, forward, he came in as number three. Yeah. Uh, Ian Rush was second. And Sir Kenneth was number one. So that's the, the forward. So, as you said, really, an impossible task, really, isn't it, to choose yes. from those? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Barry. And I understand, Barry, you've got, have you got like a, a best 11 
for us based on the voting? Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, uh, I've got two two elevens actually right. um, from the uh, uh, from that. So, do you want those teams before you hear the final fifty, or which way do you want to do it? I don't mind. What would everyone anyone rather? Do the final fifty first. Do the fifty first. Cool. Let's do the final fifty. Okay then. Um, just just a, a couple of things to say about that before I, I give the final fifty is that uh, two that missed out just by by one point in the overall scoring were James Milner and Daniel Sturridge. So they had hard luck uh, in, in, in that final 50. But it, it shows, I think, how accurate the, um, the positional ones were because uh, Gary Gillespie and Daniel Sturridge were the only ones who were on the positional lists who missed the final top 50. And their places were taken by uh, Philip Coutinho and Luis Garcia. So really what you've picked there and what, what all the uh, contributors have, have picked is very much a reflection of the final 50. So if I go through that, uh, starting at number 50 was Luis Garcia, then Daniel Agger, Philippe Coutinho, Jeannie Wijnaldum, Steve McMahon, uh, Dietmar Haman, Gary McAllister, then uh, Mascherano, Alan Kennedy, Bruce Grobler, John Toshak, John Aldrich, Jimmy Case, Steve Nichol, Steve McManaman, Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Then we've got uh, Jordan Henderson, Jan Mulby, Steve Highway, Jamie Carragher, Tommy Smith, Peter Beardsley, Phil Thompson and Ronnie Whelan. That's the bottom half of the 50. That's 50 up to 26. Um, and so the top 25 start off with Ian Callaghan, Sammy Hippier, Mark Lawrenson, uh, Michael Owen, Sadio Mane, uh, Bobby Firmino, Fernando Torres, Phil Neal, Alison Becker, Xabi Alonso, Terry McDermott, Ray Kennedy, Virgil van Dijk, Luis Suarez, Bobby Fowler, and that's up to 11. And so the top 10 were Emlyn Hughes, Ray Clements, Mo Salah, Kevin Keegan, John Barnes, Alan Hansen, Graeme Souness, Ian Rush, Stephen Gerrard, and King Kenny, number one. So that, that was the, the top 50. And as I say, a very good reflection, really, of what people had chosen within the, uh, within the positional groups. Yeah. And, and just, just quickly, everyone have, everyone have their go. But is that your way? Would everyone agree with that? Would you have Kenny Dogleash one, Gerard two, Rush three, if you were picking a top three? I, I soon as number three. Yeah, I, 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 I did with as well, Tom. I had Dalgleish, one, Gerard, two, and Sooners, three. Yeah. I had John Barnes at four and Ian Rush at five. I had, I had Stevie J as my number one. Um, only, I just think of some of the games that he, he's literally pulled us around. I mean, I've said to the lads before, with Kenny Dalgleish, fantastic player, don't get me wrong, but 
he was playing with other fantastic players. And there's been some games where Steven Gerrard has literally got us through on his own. You know, some of the players, I think of the West Ham final and I think of the Olympiacos game and, and he was the start of the resurgence in Istanbul as well. So I, I, not only was he in midfield, he was everywhere that night. He scored the first goal. He was he won the penalty for the equaliser. He was playing right back at times with cramp and everything and he was just everywhere on the pitch. And I just think he, he just shaded to me from, um, from Kenny Dalglish. But for number three, and um, once again, a little bit sentimental, but he was my probably one of my first heroes. The first poster I was allowed on my bedroom wall was Kevin Keegan. I thought he was, I loved Kevin Keegan. I wanted to be haircut like him, but I could never have it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Barry, how does that translate into the, the two best 11s? Okay, well, j- just quickly to say from the top 22, Fernando Torres, Bobby Firmino, Sadio and Michael Owen missed out on the two teams, but purely for mm. positional reasons. Otherwise, mm. we'd have had, you know, six forwards in each team when, when you looked at the marking. So they, they had to miss out. So the top team from, from the scores and the positions were Ray Clements in goal, a back four of Phil Neal, Jockey Hansen, Virgil van Dijk and Emlyn Hughes. Midfield, Stephen Gerrard, uh, Graham Souness and John Barnes. And then you've got Kevin Keegan and Kenny Dalgleish behind Ian Rush. So that's the that's the team for that, that really came out on top in terms of the scoring. No one's beaten that team. And the second team, <laughs> the second team still pretty good. Uh, Alison Becker, then you've got Trent at right back, Sammy Hippier and Mark Lawrenson as your centre-backs with Andy Robertson on the left. Uh, your midfield is Terry McDermott, Xabi Alonso and Ray Kennedy. And your three forwards, which are, are really strong here, Mo Salah, Robbie Fowler and Luis Suarez. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, oh. <laughs> so who's winning that game? Oh, my God. Wow. 8-0. <laughs> wow. That is uh, some quality there, isn't it? And when you think of, as Barry said, you know, some of the players didn't get in either 11, you know, those two teams would be fighting it out seriously for for the top of the Premiership and they'd be, you know, 90, 90 plus points a season then. What teams they were? I wouldn't like, you know, if I've got to pick one, I would... I'd have to go with the first one, with the midfield of Sooners, Gerrard and Barnes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with Ian Rush, Ian Rush and Kenny and Kevin Keegan. You know, you couldn't beat that, but, you know, the, the other one's quite tasty as well, but for me, yeah, I'd just go with the first one. Jeez, that'd be very close, wouldn't it? It'd be a, it'd be a tight game, because you, you're looking at the forwards as well, Suarez, Fowler. Oh, my God. It's just unbelievable. I think I think if you did play one another, I think it'd be one and lost in midfield, to be honest. Yeah. And I just think Gerard Sooners and Barnes might just shade it over Shabby, Ray Kennedy and Terry Mack. But apart from that, I mean you look at the other forward line, Salah Fowler Suarez, my God. <laughs> no, you know, you'd have to you'd have to actually prick up the goals to stop them scoring. Do you know it's funny when you when you look back at this? I was had this conversation with, with my lads, and I said, you know, like 
in 20 years time in 20 years time when all this was sitting back and you're looking back at footballers you know what Suarez Suarez and Salah will figure really highly you know in a lot of people right at the very very top and with Steven Gerrard up there and just incredible footballers the numbers Mo Salah's done for a winger you know they said like they say Terry Henry is the best player winger that's come into the Premiership and he scored all the goals and everything. But you know what? Most Salah's goals, he's just incredible. What a return. I'll tell you what, James, when you when you announced that he was coming, or you know, when you thought he was coming, did you ever believe he would score the amount of goals that he has? No, no chance. No, no, so, even even after that first season, I thought. Oh, it's a freak, you know. You can't possibly, you can't possibly maintain those kind of levels. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially I think because because there was those question marks, weren't there? The fact that it, it hadn't worked out for him at Chelsea, you know, Serie A, we know is very different. You know, it, also it wasn't like there was a host of top clubs battling Liverpool for his signature. You know, it was at the time it was quite a relatively easy t- deal to do, and even Klopp himself has gone on record a few times as saying that he had to be convinced by the recruitment staff. That was very much a kind of Michael Edwards really banging the drum for Mo Salah and said, no, I promise you this fella will tick every single box that we need him to. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, just the consistency on a level. I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen from an attacking player before. And, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Even last season, people talked about him having a bad year, and he, you know, you look and he had, well, they had like twenty-five goals in all comps, and you're like, a bad year for Mo Salah is like beyond the dreams of most most attacking players. And and the other priceless thing, like we over the last hour, we've talked a bit about players who missed out and players who who you know suffered from injuries and weren't able to fulfil their potential. But the durability of Mo Salah is absolutely incredible. He just doesn't miss football matches, does he? He just. And that's testament to the way he looks after himself, you know, physically. And he's just, you know, he's an absolute machine. You only have to look at look at his figure when he comes back at the start of preseason. And um, yeah, the, and the exciting thing is, is he's showing no signs of slowing down. That's good. One thing I'd like to say just before just before we wrap this show up, and you know, when one thing I'd like to pay tribute to Lewis Suarez because. You know, we've we've sort of named all sorts of great players there, but I think if we had to name a player who who was the best player I've ever seen over one season, it would have to be Luis Suarez in 13-14. I've never seen a player like that ever. And if he'd have played, if he'd have been at Liverpool and stayed at Liverpool for two or three years after that season, then he would have been right up there fighting for the number one spot. Because that, yeah. that season, he was absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If he'd stayed there, Les, we might not have got Jurgen Klopp. Possibly not. Possibly not. And I'd much yeah. rather have Jurgen. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I was going to say, do, do you want to make uh, a thank you to the contributors for tonight then, Les? Yeah, go on, Barry. Yeah, uh, I say, we've got 22 in all. Obviously, the, the four of us here. And also many thanks to, to uh, John Green, Frank Sharps, Mike Wilson, Billy McCluskey, Colin Williams, Paul Deeks, Jonathan Deeks, 
uh, Jim and Mark Stevenson, Vin O'Brien, Les Howard, George Sefton, Derek McLean, Ian Fletcher, Ray Hughes, Ian Walker, Jed Ray, Margie Harrison, and Paul Cox. Uh, you know, and to be fair, they've all come in and said that they found it a really, really hard to do. Um, and to not even just get the 50, but put them in order. But they, to be fair, most people said that they also enjoyed the exercise, which yeah. Pete just said uh, before. So uh, I think it was, it was worthwhile. And interestingly, um, 18 of the players um, appeared on every single list and another 12 just missed out on one list. So there was a good deal of uh, continuity there. But on the other end of the scale, there were 20 players who were nominated who only appeared on one list. So again, that shows, you know, that individual supporters have their own particular favourites. Uh, so I think really, really worthwhile exercise overall. I think it was a toss-up, lads, between Stig, you know, uh, Bjornaby and Koncheski and Stig. <laughs> that was the toss-up for me. <laughs> right, everybody. Uh, that's the end of the, the best 50 and 50 years from 1972-73 to 2022-23. I'd like to thank, as Barry said, everybody who contributed and submitted the lists. I'd like to thank Tom and Pete, as always, Barry Holmes for, for putting all the lists together and getting all the emails in and doing what he needed to do to get make this show possible. And a massive thank you to James Pearce from The Athletic for presenting this show so brilliantly. So, as always, you'll never walk alone. Don't buy the sun. Just, justice for the 97. And see you next time.